We're jumping into a series called Repeat, um, and uh, if you've missed any of those installments, you can go back and look at them, but, but, but uh, basically what this series is, is that it's kind of based on this idea, it's a, it's a marketing principle, it's called the rule of seven, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this rule, maybe you're in marketing and you know all about it, but, but it, it is this idea that if I'm selling a product, or if I'm trying to get people to do something, or buy something, you know, whatever, or go somewhere, there's this idea that I have to get it in front of them at least seven times before they might go ahead and buy it or do it or whatever. And so that's just kind of a consistent thing that happens. And so what we did is we kind of said, okay, what if we take that concept and apply it to uh, something that the Bible is trying to teach us as well? And that is this idea that I have to have certain habits. I have to have certain uh, behaviors, certain uh, spiritual habits or holy habits, some people call them, uh, that I on a regular basis am doing, but then also repeating in my life so that I can see certain things transpire, so I can see certain things come to pass. And really, what we're really looking for is that, that I will begin to look more like Jesus, like my behaviors, my actions, I'll start to be more like Christ. And, and that really is the goal of someone who calls themselves a follower of Jesus. Now, what this series is not is a series on salvation. Because I, I really want to speak to that because I think sometimes what happens is we think, well, if I do this and I do this, then God will love me more. That's not what the Bible teaches. God loves you just the same. I mean, he created you. He loves you. He made you. Now, he absolutely wants a relationship with you, and that's where the salvation piece of that comes in. And so if you haven't done that in your life or, or maybe haven't taken that step or maybe even walked away from it, the good news is, is that you can still have it. You can do that. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the message. But I do want to kind of make that distinction as we're talking today so that no one kind of gets it twisted so that they start to think that maybe I do this and then God's going to love me more because that's not what it's about. It's much more about creating holy habits in our life, creating certain rhythms, creating certain, uh, certain repetitive actions that are going to lead to certain results. And so we've talked about fasting. We've talked about the importance of reading your Bible and repeating that. We've talked about the importance of small groups or relationships and having those. And so if you haven't signed up, we've got those for you. But we've also talked about last week, we talked about retreating how in our life, seasonally, we need to make sure we retreat and, 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 and begin to try and connect with God seasonally. And then I very briefly touched on something last week that I said I would talk about this week, and that is this idea of Sabbath. And so I want to talk to you a little bit more about the idea of Sabbath because I think God wants us to get this right. And, and, and being able to have that as a regular uh, habit in our life that we repeat and reevaluate our lives in the process is absolutely important to me becoming more like Jesus. All right. And so that's kind of where we're going to start today. And I, I just want to share with you what Sabbath is. And so if you don't know what Sabbath is, it comes from this word Sabbat and it's a Hebrew word and it just simply means to rest. I mean, pretty straightforward, right? To, to rest. And that God uh, seems to have said to his people that, hey, this whole resting stuff is really important. Now, you know, you know that like intuitively, like if you're tired or you're worn out, you know how that affects you. But, but, but God wanted to make sure that we didn't just treat it as something I have to do or like, you know, you get tired enough and you have to slow down and fall over. And, you know, no, no, it's that you would treat it as a holy thing. You ever thought about rest as holy? Like, I think sometimes we don't even think about that as a holy thing. And yet, that's exactly what God tells us. 
And so go all the way back to the first book of the Bible in Genesis. Genesis means the beginning. It's, 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 like, it's like, you remember, you've heard of it, in the beginning God created, right? So in the first chapter you read that. And so God was creating the world and he was creating the universe and he was creating people and all that kind of stuff. And I want to zero in here on chapter 2 of Genesis. And so in chapter 2, starting in verse 1, we see God do something that in some ways it doesn't make sense. Like, it really doesn't make sense what he's about to do. And I'll share that with you, uh, starting in verse 1. It'll be on the screen so you can follow along. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. So God had created everything, and it was, it was, it was done. Verse 2, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, and then watch this, so he rested from all his work. Well, that's interesting. If you don't know why that's interesting, I'll explain it to you in just a second. Verse 3. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy. So the seventh day was declared holy. It wasn't just, an, you know, another day. He was like, this is holy. Matter of fact, when you hear the word holiday, that's where we get that word. It's a holy day. That's where it comes from. So I'm going on holiday. It's, it's, it, it's derived from this idea that, that my resting right, can be a very holy thing. And so, 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 so we look at this, and he goes on to say, but, but it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. Now, if, if you're like me, you, you read that and you think, wait a second. As far as I know, God doesn't get tired. You know what I mean? Like, God's not up there like, man, whew, that was really hard pulling the mountains out of the water. You know what I mean? Like he's not, he doesn't get to the end of the six days that he's really like worn out. Like God doesn't get worn out. He doesn't get tired. And so it's kind of curious that he would start here in, in, in chapter two talking about how we need to Sabbath, how we need to rest, how we need to have this holy strategic day that somehow is there to help us in this life. And it's not because God needed to rest. You know what it is? It's because he knew we needed to rest. So he was modeling for us how important rest is, because last time I checked, none of you are God. I mean, some of you think you're God. I mean, I've met you. But, but, but we're not God, and, and, and so, so we know that we are finite beings. We, 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 we're not God, and so therefore we get tired. We, we get worn out. We have busy schedules. We have situations that drain us mentally, emotionally, and, and we get to the end of ourselves, and it's just... And sometimes we're just so exhausted by life. We're so worn out. And that's what happens to us because we're human. Didn't happen to God. And so the thing I want you to see is that God created Sabbath, holy days. God created that one day a week in order to help you, not hurt you. Like he wasn't hindering you because he was like, yeah, you better take a day off. <laughs> right? He, he was doing that because he wants to help us. He wants us to see uh, something that's absolutely critical, something that is, is, is a value for us if we will receive it. And that's simply, and here's the key thought I want you to get today, and that is weekly Sabbath creates space for us to rest and reevaluate our relationships. It gives us a chance to create some space for me to reevaluate and rest so that I can have healthy relationships. Healthy relationships with God, healthy, healthy relationships with other people. And that's, I mean, that's the idea that, that if you're wondering what we're going to talk about, that's it. 
And, and, and I hear this all the time, and, and, and I've talked about this every week, about things I hear people repeat. And so these are the things we speak. These are the things we repeat sometimes. And so, like, when it comes to Sabbath, you know, or when it comes to doing that, you know, people will say things to me like, Pastor, you know I'm really busy. You, right? I mean, I'm really busy. I, I, I just don't have the time. And, and I've said this every week. If you've been here every week, you know I've started with that. Because that seems to be the thing people say. Everybody's busy, and I have no time. And I get it. I know. You're super busy. As a matter of fact, some of us think we're so important, you know, that, that, and we're so busy that, that, that we can't add another thing, right? I mean, you get to that point where it's like, I just can't add another thing. And so you're going you're gonna to be dealing with this message. There's going to be some tension in you a little bit. As I talk about it, there's a part of you that doesn't want to hear it. Like you're like, I, I, I'm good. Matter of fact, there's a part of you who's like, I wish I wouldn't have come today. Like, I really do. I wish I wouldn't have to sit here and listen to this because all you're going to do is make me feel bad about the fact that I'm not taking a Sabbath and, and it's just religious guilt and you're just trying to make me feel bad and all the blah, 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 blah. Look, I'm not trying to guilt you. You can receive this if you want to or not. That's up to you. But I know this. When we do it God's way, there's certain results. When we don't do it God's way, there are certain results. I mean, and that's just kind of like, I, I, as a preacher, a lot of times I'm like, take it or leave it. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm good. I, I love Jesus. He loves me. I'm getting better every day. Come on, in Jesus' name. And, and as your pastor, I want that for you. But you can choose to do that. And you can say no. And I get that. And, and so I'm good with that. But I, my hope and prayer is that you choose to do it God's way. My hope and prayer is that you say, okay, this makes sense. I, I, need, to, I need to get this in my life because if I don't get this in my life, something's going to get off. And so, you know, I'm too busy and, and I don't have the time. And you've heard me say this. Is, 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 is we make time for those things that are most important to us. Come on, don't we? We do. And, and so if it's important to me, I'm going to make time for it. And, and, and so, so, so there's that. But there's also things like I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand Sabbath, you know? And so, so there's a part of us that just feels like we don't understand it. And so because we don't understand it or we kind of don't know how to do it, you know what I mean? So, so we just kind of like, yeah, I'm good. We just kind of ignore it. And, 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 or, or, or sometimes it's like, I don't have a, a whole day. I can't give you a whole day, Jesus. Come on. I mean, you, you only died on the cross for my sins. <laughs> Some of you are like, that's not nice. <laughs> that's too, That's unfair. I know, I get it. But, but, but think about it. I mean, he, he doesn't, if, if Jesus gave everything for me, isn't, he worth my, isn't it worth my life? It's worth my time. It's worth everything. And so, so, I mean, I just have to deal with that. Like, I have to deal with that tension. You have to deal with that tension. If you're a follower of Christ, you just kind of have to deal with that. And, and, and my hope is, is that you move towards it. But, but, but Sabbath is not, and I think this is another thing I hear people repeat, is that it, 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 there's this idea that somehow I, I sit in a room by myself right, in a chair, and I just stare at the wall all day, right? Like, I, I mean, there is this idea with Sabbath, like, that's, I just, I can't move. Like, if someone rings my doorbell, I can't answer it because, you know, I'd be working at that point. I, I turn my knob. Now, oh, shoot, I messed up Sabbath. God's mad at me. No, it, it's different than that. We've got to understand the point that God was trying to get at because I think a lot of times we, we, sometimes we see the rule, but we don't understand the principle behind the rule. And the principle behind the rule is always about relationship. It's always about connecting with God, connecting with a God who loves you. 
And, and, and sometimes we just focus on the rules. So I want to read this to you in Exodus 20. So you get it. I'm not going to harp on this too much longer. I, I know you gotta, you, you're getting it. But Exodus 20, so one book over from Genesis. Uh, Exodus 20 is where we start to read about the law. And so maybe you've heard of like the Ten Commandments, heard of this stuff. Maybe, maybe you know about Moses. You know, there's, you've seen the movie, right? Charlton Heston. And maybe you've seen Spaceballs and, you know, had 15 commandments, dropped the one tablet. And Anybody seen that? All right. It's like Mel Brooks kind of stuff, you know, it's just messed up. <laughs> Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Okay, so, so, so he, remember in Genesis, he, God said it as holy. So this is what's holy, this is the day. Exodus is saying, hey, remember, don't forget. Don't forget. Now, he's talking to a, 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 a large group of recently freed Israel slaves. They just came out of Egypt. They don't even know how to function anymore. So he's reminding them this is important, right? So he says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Verse 9, you have six days each week for your, say that word with me, ordinary Ordinary, that's an important word. Make a note of that. Ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. Very straightforward. Here it is. Understand. And everybody goes like this. Yes, I understand. Very straightforward. So, so it's important we see here that this is not a holy suggestion. Right? Like this is a command. So it's not like God's like, hey, you know, if you feel like it, you know, if you're feeling like this is something you want to add to your life, then you go ahead and do it. You know, no, it's, this is a command. Now, I don't like, you know, sometimes we don't like this word, but if God commands you to do something and you don't do it, what do we call that? Sin. Like that's where that word comes in and everybody's like, no, not the sin. But that's, I mean, that's what it is. If God says do it and you don't do it, then there's the problem. And I don't want you to feel bad about it. I just want you to see the fact that God made this a command. And what I've discovered is that a lot of believers that I run into seem to treat this more like a suggestion. And that we're actually living in rebellion to God with our behaviors week to week. Now, I don't like that any more than you do because there are times in my life that I get so busy and so consumed with what I'm doing. And, for, and a matter of fact, what I'm doing for Jesus, that sometimes I forget what God has established that I need to make sure that I'm reorienting my life for. Not because he's mad at me, but because he's trying to help me. He's trying to help me see this, that if I don't, what happens is I don't take the Sabbath one week and then, then you know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just a little worn out, right? Just a little, not much. Following week, I don't do it again. Maybe I just get a little bit more. Following week, just a little bit more. You see how this starts to compound. And then what happens is you get to a place where you're like, I can't handle my life. Right? You start dealing with things like I'm overwhelmed. I, you know, and, 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 and this is the thing I figured out. Like if you start like being snippy, you know what I mean? Sometimes we call it cranky. Right? Oh, there's cranky. You know, you start getting to that place where maybe you treat people you love not the way you want to treat them. You know, that's a gauge. There's something off. God gave us emotions. Emotions are indicators. 
God gave us these emotions so that we'll see what's going on around us, not so that we'd sin, right? He says, you know, in your anger. He's not saying that ha- having anger is sinful. He's saying acting in that anger is sinful. What you do with the anger can be sinful. So we have, everybody gets angry. It's just a question of what I do with it. And so, so, so what happens is when I'm not on a regular basis in that place, that rhythm, I, 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 start to, I start to see things the wrong way. I don't have the energy that I need to accomplish the things that God wants. And there is this part of us that says, I, I just try harder, I'm going to be okay. And it's not true. The Bible says that I don't need to try harder, I need to abide more. Because see, when I abide more, I get what I need. I get the spiritual power I need to be able to do the things that I'm called to do. And some of you are running on E, and it's not because God hasn't provided the energy you need. It's because you haven't spent any time with it to get it. I'll amen myself if y'all don't. And so my lack of understanding is no excuse for me not to move towards what God has for me. Because I think sometimes we kind of play the ignorance card. You know, I just didn't know. Well, you, I'm going to help you guys today. Some of you are about to leave. I'm going to help you today. I'm going to make sure that when you leave here today, you understand. So you can't say, I don't understand anymore. And, and so now you're responsible, right? I mean, you got to be responsible. So I'm going to talk about Sabbath in such a way that I believe you're going to understand it. And it's something that you can move towards. And my heart and prayer is that you would do that because my lack of understanding should never keep me from God's commands. It should never keep me from moving towards the things and the principles that God has for me. It should make me curious. If I don't understand something, I should get curious and I should ask for help. I should start to move towards it and, rather than move away from it. Because if God said I should do it, then there's a pretty good chance that if I do it, I'm going to be blessed. How many in here like to be blessed? How many of you want to be cursed? So, I just want to kind of dig in just a little bit more. In the Old Testament, these are the things we hear. And sometimes we think, well, that's Old Testament stuff. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. It's actually New Testament stuff too. Like Jesus talked about Sabbath. I mean, he just talked about He reframed it a little bit because he's trying to help us to see the point. Because we've lost the point sometimes. Because when we get focused on religion and rules, we lose the point. They're there for a reason to help us establish the relationship. So I want to read something in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews is in the New Testament. And what I love about the book of Hebrews is Hebrews is kind of like bridging the gap between the old and the new. And so you see a lot of Old Testament references in Hebrew. And, 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 and there's just kind of this connection happening. But the one thing that Hebrews is trying to help us to see is that, like, for example, Moses, we would be like, Moses, good, right? Good, Moses. That, that's good. What Hebrews would say is that Jesus is better. It's like, he's like, Moses, good. Law, good. Jesus, better. Grace, better. Like, that's what he's saying. He's not getting rid of it. He's saying that Jesus came to fulfill it. And so that's what Jesus does is he, he starts to fulfill the law and then also helps us to explain things a little bit better that maybe we had kind of messed up or forgotten or didn't get it right. You know what I mean? And, and so that's kind of what's happening in the book of Hebrews. And I want to read this to you uh, uh, just so that you kind of understand. Hebrews 4, 
has a really great way of talking about Sabbath from, okay, old and new, right? So here you go. Starting in verse 9. So there is a special rest. Come on, who doesn't want some special rest in their life? There is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. Remember the ordinary. Ordinary labors. Just as God did after creating the world. Not because he was tired. Right? Verse 11. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Do you see that? It's not just something that happens. I have to enter it. So God says to everybody in here, here's the door and it's open to you. Will you enter into it? Will you enter into it and receive on the other side of it the rest that I'm promising you? Then it says, contrast with the word but, but if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. So what he's saying is that the people of Israel messed this up. If you know the story, they started to do some dumb things. I mean, one of the things they did is Moses was up on the mountain meeting with God. He was going to bring down the Ten Commandments. It was going to be the greatest day on earth. And they're down there building a golden calf to worship. Messed up kind of stuff. And they had just seen God part the Red Sea. You know what I mean? Like You realize that was like a week ago. And you're building a cow. And how long, how often in our lives do we see God move? And then a week later... We forget. And we're starting to build those idols in our life again. We're just like Israel. Even though sometimes we like to disassociate from them because they're always messing up. And so you see, Israel didn't do it right. And as a result, they were unable to enter the rest. As a matter of fact, they were in the desert for 40 years because of it. I don't want you to get to the end of your life living in the desert. When you can enter the rest. Like, it's here. It's like, here's the door. Go. And you're like, nah, I'm good. I like it out here in the desert. Have you ever been in a desert? Oh, it's awful. I've been in some deserts before, and there's, I want it out. Yeah, I mean, I know there are some people that love it, and they love to live in the desert. I don't. Don't want to be in the desert. Deserts are harsh. No fun. Creepy animals and Things that sting you and poison you. and To find water, you have to drink a cactus. I mean, who wants to do that? So come inside. Don't stay in the desert. And that's what Hebrews is saying. That's what Hebrews is saying. And, and, and the writer is saying, if you disobey, disobey God in this area, you will not experience it. So in Hebrews 4, we'll flip back up to verse 1. It says, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. Like it still stands today. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Like he's like, you should do this. That's me trembling with fear. (laughs) You should tremble with fear that there are some that won't experience it. And I don't want you to be a part of the sun. I want you to experience it. And he goes on in verse 2. He says, for this good news that God has prepared, this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. 
So like right now, you're hearing it. It's being announced to you, even if you didn't know it before. But, there's the but. Anytime you see a but, it's a contrast. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. So they weren't moving towards it in faith. They were moving towards it out of obligation. It wasn't about the relationship. It was about the rules. And the Bible very clearly says you can't please God without faith. And so how do we, how do, we do that? He says in verse 3, he says, For only we who believe can enter his rest. So there's a belief component. In other words, you're believing that God can do what he says he'll do. You're believing that the rest is possible, that it's available. Listen to this, going on just a step further in Hebrews, Hebrews 4, 6, and 7. So God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. Verse 7, this is the best part. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. Our God is a gracious God. You ever missed it? <laughs> you know what I mean? You ever missed God? You ever missed what he told you to do? You ever screwed it up? What I love about God is he, he says, he gave him another time. He gave him another chance to enter the rest. And what I love about it is it says, and that time is today. Not tomorrow, but today. And some of you are here today and you're thinking, is that real? And I'm saying to you, yes, it's today. Like right now, you might be overwhelmed with all kinds of things. And the Bible says that you can enter his rest today. And that, that, why not? Why not go towards it? God wants to give it to you. But it's the disobedience that keeps us from it. It's our lack of faith to move towards it. And God wants to meet you there. And he wants to help you. All right, I'm done picking on you, I promise. But I want to tell you how you can have a successful Sabbath. So if this is something that you want to start to do in your life, start to evaluate and reevaluate and repeat that in your life, here are some things that I want to give you. Because uh, I think, I, I, I desperately want you to be successful in this area. Uh, but, but if we fail to apply the commandment, we won't have it. And so here's a definition of Sabbath that you need to get, because I think this is where sometimes people get messed up. Sabbath, to rest weekly from our primary vocation, to spend time with God and other life-giving people. All right? I think it's a pretty good definition. To rest weekly from our primary vocation, to spend time with God and other life-giving people. Now, I emphasize primary vocation. I emphasize ordinary. And the reason I do that is because you have to see that it doesn't mean that you shouldn't exude energy. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do stuff. It doesn't mean you should just sit there and by osmosis, you know. It's not that. There is, it's okay. It's okay to do stuff. Because that's not what God's trying to get us to see. That there is a rest that's deeper than just our physical activity. And so listen to what Jesus does. So Jesus says, okay, here's Sabbath, guys. Let me talk to you about it. Mark 2, verse 27. Then Jesus said, the Sabbath was made to serve us, 
Did you see that? It wasn't we were meant to serve it. The Sabbath was meant to serve us. We weren't made to serve the Sabbath. And so the Sabbath was created for my good. It was created for me to be able to be better. It wasn't created to box me in and make me feel like a worm because I didn't do it. It's there to make me better. It's there to not be focused on the rule as much as the relationship. See, Sabbath should lead us to greater freedom, not more bondage. Like it shouldn't, like it shouldn't lead us to more bondage. Now, I know some of you hear that and you're like, well, then I can do whatever I want. Well, that's not what I said. Go back to go of the first part of the sermon. We do it God's way and then we get the God's results. But God wants us to have freedom in that. God wants us to be able to express that and experience that in our lives. And that's what Jesus was trying to get us to see is that you guys have messed it up. You're only focused on the rule and you're not seeing that it's really about the relationship. It's really about meeting with me. And how many of you don't want to meet with a God who loves you? How many of you don't want to meet with a, with a God who gave his life for you, that did everything for you? It's worth your life. And so you should want to move towards it and experience what comes with it. So, all right, I'm going to summarize this. I got three things that have to be components on your Sabbath, and then I'm done. Three things that are absolutely essential. Number one is rest. You've got to rest. Listen to what Jeremiah 31, 25 says that when we rest, watch. I will refresh the weary and satisfy the faint. Ooh-wee. Come on. Some of you need that today. You need to be refreshed. You're weary. You're faint. You know why? Because you've been in the desert. Don't go in the desert. Come out of the desert when you can. It's right here. Because I get faint in the desert. I get weary in the desert. I need to be refreshed. That's what God wants. Super practical. Here are a couple of tips. Don't mow the yard. You're like, wait, pastor, that's the only time I can mow the yard. No, it's not. No, because you're mowing the yard usually in the summer. And that's usually when you mow the yard, and it doesn't get dark till like 9 o'clock. So you got time. Come home from work, mow the yard. You'll be fine. Now, I do have this pastor friend of mine that mows, and when he mows, uh, it's kind of a spiritual thing for him. So if you, if you do that, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, you can't, but what he does is, he gets on a riding lawnmower. You've seen these things? Like, you get on them and, and you ride them, and it mows the yard. <laughs> Technology, guys. So he gets on this motor, and, and he's got like a bunch of acres, right? Matter of fact, it's the church's land. And he'll just get on this riding lawnmower, and he'll put his headphones in, and he'll be listening to Jesus, listening to the sermons, you know, doing this and that. And for him, it's like therapeutic. It's like he just enjoys it. And I think there's something to that. It's... He's not really working all that hard because he's riding, but he gets time to spend with God. He's away from people. He's kind of just enjoying the stuff, you know, and, and, and that works for him. But you see the point I'm making. There's a difference there. And so how about this? Disconnect from social media and news on your rest day. News will just make you angry. That's all news does anymore. It just makes you angry. So, so, Get rid of the social media, get rid of the news, and maybe even put your cell phone down. I know some of you are like, Pastor, I love you, but 
I, I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that. <laughs> You've heard me give that data. Like People check their phone every 10 minutes. Like you think your phone loves you? Your phone doesn't love you. He's not that, oh, hey, I love you. Come, come pick me up. Come pick me up. Remember, we're friends, pick me up. No, it, it, it does not love you. God loves you. And, and putting the phone down is a good thing. Turn the stupid thing off if you need to. Just, just connect. Here's another one. I've said this about naps being holy. It's okay to lounge around on Sabbath. Like, wear your jammy pants, man. You know, hang out. Hang at the house. Just kind of relax. Do your thing. Read your Bible. Drink some coffee, some tea, whatever you do. Pet the dog. Kick the cat. Some of you are like, oh, I can't believe you did again. I actually, I think I've had people leave the church over my cat jokes. I'm just saying. <laughs> we just lounge around, enjoy it, put your jammy pants on. But don't go to Walmart in your jammy pants. <laughs> like, don't do it. I don't know why you're doing it. Just put your pants on. No one wants to see you in your jammy pants at Walmart. Like when I was in the university, there was a there was a point at which things shifted. Like I'd go to class and and girls would show up at class and they'd have their jammies on. And I'm like, what are you doing? You realize this is a a, 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 a higher education, a, an institute of learning. No one wants to see you in your jammy pants. Be a little more professional. Put some clothes on, for Pete's sakes. I don't know. Some of you are like, I wore my jammy pants in college. I know. But are you going to wear your jammy pants to, to, to work? No. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's just my thing. I'm just saying. But <laughs> do something that brings you joy. You know, find something that you enjoy doing. If you don't have something you enjoy doing, that's part of the problem. You haven't slowed down enough to find it. You need stuff like that. And do that on your day. You know? You like to golf? Go golf. You like to climb a mountain? Climb a mountain. Do whatever it is, but do it. And watch God will meet you in those things. It's really good. So number one is rest. Number two is reevaluate. Is reevaluate. Psalm 139. I want to read this to you. Oh God, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. So God already knows. So when you Sabbath, he's not like, oh, I didn't realize that was going on in your life. He's trying to help you see what's going on in your life. He's trying to help you gauge your heart to see how the world is affecting you. He's trying to help you see that. And so when we Sabbath, we're giving him opportunity. In verse 23, it says, search me, O God, and know my heart, test and know my anxious thoughts. And then he says, point out anything in me that offends you. Anything I've done, anything going on in my life. And lead me, look at this, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Guys, it's the principle of the path. If you're on the path, you will end up in that destination. If you are on a path that leads to your demise, if you're on a path that leads to greater anxiety, if you're on that path, you will end up in that place. You get that. And so what the Bible is saying is get on a different path. 
Get on the path that God has prepared for you. And it doesn't mean you won't have challenges. You'll just have him with you in the challenges. And let me tell you, a challenge with God is always better than a challenge without God. And so I need that in my life. And so here are three questions I want you to ask when you're trying to reevaluate on your Sabbath. Write these down. They will help you. Here are three questions that you ask and just ask them every time you Sabbath. Number one, where have I brought joy to God this week through my actions? Start there. Where have you pleased God? By what you've done this week, where have you pleased him? Where, where have you brought joy to him? Number two, where have I let God down or people down this week? And then a follow-up question to that is, do I need to ask for forgiveness from the person or even from God? Do I need to say, I'm sorry? Do I need to ask for forgiveness? See what's happening? You're keeping those accounts short. If you don't ask for forgiveness on a regular basis, there's probably a good chance you need to. Because we all mess up. And if you're not asking for forgiveness, then that means your heart might be getting hard. And if your heart's getting hard, then you get angry, then you get bitter, and then the devil steals everything that God wants to, take for, to give you. And you don't want the devil to do that. So that's why we've got to get soft before the Lord and let him search us, show us. And then finally, the last question is, what's something I can do today that gives me life? What's something that I can do today that gives me life? And that do that, did you say every month? No, nope, every week. Every week. That's how God set it up. Every week. Then finally, last point, number three, recharge. So we've got to rest, to reevaluate, and recharge. And I just want to read something to you in Romans 1, verse 11, and we'll be done with this. It's for, for I long to visit you, Paul is saying. Paul is writing to the church in Rome. And he's saying, for I long to visit you that I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. And what I found interesting about this particular passage is that he's saying that I want to come to you and I want to bring a spiritual gift to you that is going to grow you. That's basically what's happening. And it made me think about spiritual gifts a little bit. You're like, what is a spiritual gift? Well, spiritual gifts are things that you're given. When you say yes to Christ, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, the Bible says that you get certain spiritual gifts. Those spiritual gifts are to be used to enhance the body of Christ and the kingdom of God. That's what they're for. So whatever spiritual gifts you've been given, if you're a believer, they're there for that purpose. But here's the other thing that I've discovered, is that when I use those spiritual gifts, it brings spiritual energy to my life. Like, I, I get stronger. So on my Sabbath, I can recharge spiritually by using my spiritual gift. You see that? By the action of doing it. And so I don't know what yours is. You know, maybe it's teaching. So on your Sabbath, find a way to teach. Gather a few people at the coffee shop and go through the Bible and teach something. Do something with it. Maybe it's serving. See, on the weekend, you're here. We got ushers. We got people doing all kinds of things. But you find life from doing it. Maybe it's giving. And so you give and you just find a lot of charge from that. Maybe it's uh, doing music, you know, playing your guitar, singing. Maybe it's that, but it's there that you find life. And, 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 and I've talked about spiritual gifts in this way, is that spiritual gifts are one of those things that I can work really hard. I can work really hard and use them. And I may be physically tired, but I'm going to be spiritually strong. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, I need a nap. I need to go to bed. I am tired physically. But there's something in you that's like, whoo! I'm just like, whoo! So there's a spirit of God in this boy. 
And sometimes, like, when I get done preaching, I have a hard time sleeping. Because I just, I'm, I'm, woo! Now, I'm tired physically. But I've connected with the Spirit. And I'm using my gifts. And now, all of a sudden, my Sabbath is on fire. And that's what God wants for you. He wants you to experience that in your life. And so my hope and prayer for you is that you take the opportunity to enter that rest. And that anything that gets in the way of it, get rid of it. Because it's right there that you're going to find what you need. Everything you need is right there. All right, let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for every person in this room that's here, that's listening to this message. God, I I just ask right now that anything that I said that wasn't helpful would fall off. And anything that I said that was would go deep. Because I truly believe, God, that if we do it your way, we get your results. And so, God, I pray for each person in this room that wants to see that true in their life. I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would do a work. You know, the thing I've discovered is that part of the reason we don't Sabbath is our relationship with God is not strong. Maybe we've walked away from it or maybe we've never had it. And so part of the reason we don't go towards it is we just don't know. We don't know any better. We don't know the relationship. Um, And I just want to say to you today, if you're here today and you've walked away from God and that's just not present in your life, hey, remember how Hebrews said today? Let's let's start today. Just tell him right now. Just say, Lord, I, I need your forgiveness. I ask your forgiveness. I'm going to turn and go in the other direction. I'm going to repent because repentance means to have another thought. And so the thought you had about Sabbath is now going to be replaced with faith. And you're going to start to see Sabbath differently. If that's what you want, just say, Lord, that's what I want. And so I I ask that you would help me here. I put my faith and my trust in you. And I ask that you would establish that in my heart. And then I'd experience the goodness of Sabbath on a regular basis in my life. You know, the other thing I know is that that, that, uh, sometimes we're trying to get somewhere without Jesus. And it's because we don't have a relationship with him at all. That's just not where it's at. And maybe you've done the religious thing, you've been to church, but you just don't have that connection. Well, the Bible says you can. The Bible says that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus did what he said he did, went to the cross, beat, beat sin, beat death, so that you could be restored back to God, if you believe that, he'll come in and he'll save you, but he also will start the process of transforming you. And so right now, with heads bowed, eyes closed, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to that. And so if, if that's you, just say, I, I really want that. I'm going to pray for you. And so on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands just so I kind of know who it is. And then I, I just want to be able to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out or have you come down front. I just want to lead you in a prayer. And so right now on the count of three, if that's you, if you want to enter into that relationship with Jesus today through faith, go ahead and raise your hand on three. One, two, three. Just go ahead. Raise it. Good. Good. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Good, good. Anybody? Good. All right, we had a couple hands going up, guys. We're, we're seeing God move in here. Um, so if you did raise your hand, I want you to say this prayer. If you didn't raise your hand, but you wanted to, say this prayer. So church, we're all going to pray together. Let's just all repeat this. Jesus, I need you. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you be Lord of my life? 
I surrender to you. Will you change me from the inside out? Show me my purpose. I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? Come on.